You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Be it superstition or just an apparition, you suddenly appear inside my heart. Does this strange romance stand ghost of a chance? Welcome to another quarantine edition of the From the Bleachers podcast. I'm your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, coming to you from the wonderful Blue Green Nation Radio Podcast Network. Now I'm having my mid-afternoon coffee, and I'm reflecting back on last week's Eagles, favorite Eagles ever bracket that I did over in the Bleeding Green Nation website and on the official website Twitter account, at Bleeding Green. If you're not following that and you're listening to this podcast, I don't know what you're doing. On top of that, if you're listening to this and not following me on Twitter, I don't know what you're doing, at Seamus underscore Clancy. It seemed an inevitability that Brian Dawkins would win that competition, and he did, and it was obvious And I had a lot of fun doing it. We kind of went through my picks last week. It's a fun exercise during, you know, everyone's locked down with the pandemic of COVID-19. And it's just a fun discussion thing. I actually got to go on air and talk to Trey Thomas about his uh, anger that I had him as a 16 seed against Brian Dawkins in the Andy Reid era region. But that's a different discussion. Uh, It was great. It was good to see Eagles fans of different generations and backgrounds kind of talk things out, debate. I had some people that were, you know, more old heads reach out to me like, hey, you forgot Bill Bradley. And I'm like, oh, crap. How did I forget Bill Bradley? I know who he is and everything, but just my knowledge of that, you know, 60s, 70s era is still lacking more than I'd like. You know, I'm 25 going on 26. I'm sure I know a lot more about Timmy Brown, who unfortunately just passed away and Steve Van Buren than anyone else my age. But that's how you learn. And, you know, hopefully we're never going to have a situation like this again where we have so much downtime and so much boredom that we need to do a bracket like that. But we'll see. As I said, Brian Dawkins was the inevitable winner. He got, he garnered 87.4% of the vote in the championship against Reggie White. Uh, Dawkins had beat Carson Wentz in the Final Four on his way to the championship. And Carson had in the Elite Eight of the Super Bowl Champs region, that's the Eagles of the current era, Doug Peterson era players that were on the 2017 Super Bowl champion team. I'm surprised that Wentz beat Nick Foles. I had Foles as the one seed and Carson as the two seed when I set this up. And I, I thought, it would, you know, Foles was definitely going to make it. I could have seen someone like Malcolm Jenkins or Jason Kelsey, but, you know, I had Wentz as the two seed just because I like him a ton and, you know, his importance in that run up to the 2017 season to that Super Bowl run. And I was just shocked that I got a lot of blowback from people saying it was crazy that I, you know, had Foles as a one seed or, you know, people thought it was outrageous that he could be that high or how you could pick him over Wentz. I'm not talking about who I want to lead the Eagles franchise for the next 10 years. I'm taking Carson Wentz over Nick Foles 11 out of 10 times. It's not a question about that. Who was your favorite Eagle ever? Who was responsible for your enjoyment of the Philadelphia Eagles more? And Carson Wentz did everything in his ability. He had an MVP caliber season in 2017. But for Nick Foles' journey from 
once the presumed savior of Philadelphia back in 2013 to a guy who got traded a year and a half later to a guy who almost retired from football, came back here to work in a similar system that he was used to with familiar faces in Doug Peterson and you know the Philadelphia Eagles organization overall to then overcome the traumatic injury to Carson Wentz in December 2017 and to play two of the best games I've ever seen from an NFL quarterback on two of the highest levels possible, a conference championship game, which, as you know, the Eagles blew out the Minnesota Vikings 30-7. to uh, Quick side note, uh, a lot of these uh, NFL Network and ESPN, they've been replaying old games because there's no live sports action. And the NFL on social media, between whether it was Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, kept advertising that they were playing the, I guess, the 2017 divisional game between the Saints and the Vikings. That's the Minnesota uh, Miracle game or the Minneapolis Miracle, whatever those losers call it. And, you know, where Stefan Diggs catches that play at the end of regulation, uh, Vikings win, beat the Saints, come to Philly. And then I always say, what happened next week? Because we all know what happened next week. Eagles won 30-7. Anyway, Foles crushes the Vikings and then goes to the Super Bowl. And this is my defining rationale for why Foles should have beat Wentz. In the most important game in the history of Philadelphia sports, Nick Foles played the greatest game that any Philadelphia athlete has ever played given the magnitude of the moment. Yeah, I know Will Chamberlain scored 100 points for the Philadelphia Warriors back in the 60s, but that was a meaningless regular season game. Does that affect you in your life? Does that change your outlook on life? Has that changed you as a person? Certainly not. Maybe for people back then, but still probably not. But Nick Foles had changed the city. He changed an entire region of the country. So hats off to him. But Dawkins won, was inevitability. And I went and did a shout out to Dawkins on Twitter. And it was, I, was on, I got to run the BGN Twitter account uh, last week. It was nice to kind of get on there, shoot the breeze with people and talk about the bracket. I tweeted out, you know, congratulating Dawkins on the win. And let me find my exact wording of what I said to the man B-Doc was... On the BGN account, we have our favorite Eagle ever bracket winner. To no one's surprise, Brian Dawkins was crowned champion after steamrolling the competition. Thank you to Weapon X himself for being a Midnight Green legend. Send us your favorite BDoc pick, GIF, video, or moment. And there's a GIF of uh, Dawkins crushing some Panthers running back. I can't really tell what it is. Is it Rod Smart? It might be. And Dawkins quote retweeted it and said, I will be forever humbled by the love and for the love of such crazy, passionate, never-die fans, the feeling is 100% mutual, fist bump, sunglass smile emoji, hashtag fly eagles fly, hashtag BBTB, which is uh, blessed by the best. I believe it's a religious phrase that Dawkins frequently uses on social media. And then I wrote a nice article up about Dawkins for the BGN site. It was announcing that he, was, he won the tournament. I've been doing that all week. Uh, writing a quick article about the results. But, you know, I mentioned in the first paragraph, Dawkins won his margin of victory, blah, 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 blah. But it was really more me reflecting on how important Dawkins was to me as, you know, an Eagles fan growing up, what he means to this fan base and how even though he's no longer on the team, he's still over a decade later, people's favorite player. And they've won the Super Bowl since then. And they had all these amazing players and great personalities on that team. And it did not matter because Brian Dawkins captured the heart of the city like no Philadelphia athlete ever, maybe outside of what, Allen Iverson? And they played at the same time. And I still think people love Dawkins more than Iverson, as crazy it may seem. So I tweeted out my article about Dawkins. First of all, when 
he quotes for the BGN art, the BGN final poll. I was I was ecstatic. That was really the whole goal. The comparison I made was it's the equivalent of Jay Gatsby throwing one of those huge ragers to try to get Daisy Buchanan to show up to his party. That's kind of what I did the poll for. I just wanted Brian Dawkins to acknowledge the fact that I love Brian Dawkins. BGN loves Brian Dawkins. Eagles fans love Brian Dawkins. And when he quote tweeted that, it was great that he gave us recognition. You know, I put a lot of work in this. Happy with it. I'm happy Dawkins was more than okay with seeing him pull down the trophy. So I tweeted out my article about Dawkins winning. And I said, Brian Dawkins is my favorite athlete of all time. From his ferocious play, to his pregame hype, to his obsession with Wolverine, to his public battle with mental illness, Brian Dawkins is everything I've ever wanted from an eagle. My take on a legend. Somewhat surprisingly, he quote tweeted that. I've never really interacted him with him this straightforward on social media. I've posted pictures of, you know, me watching a football life, Brian Dawkins on Instagram, and he'll repost a lot of stuff like that. Or uh, on Halloween uh, last year, I don't know if you guys ever saw on social media, I went as Wolverine, the Marvel Comics character, uh, who obviously Weapon X, that's Brian Dawkins, alter ego, psyche, whatever you want to say. And then I took, instead of having just a leather jacket on the classic Wolverine look, I took a picture of me with my Brian Dawkins jersey on and my metal claws and my spiky hair and the sideburns and everything. And he liked that on Instagram, which was cool. And I'm not pandering in a way. I wouldn't do this for any athlete. If I, I, Joel Embiid follows me on social media. If Joel Embiid replied to one of my tweets, I'm not going to start hysterically crying. He's like a peer to me. I, I, I'm not trying to suck up to him. Like Gron Jaworski, we follow each other on Twitter. We're friendly. But I would never do this to him. But Dawkins is different. Dawkins doesn't follow me on Twitter, but he's just such a captivating figure since my youth that it matters that much more. And as we've seen with how he, as I said, steamrolled the competition in this bracket, people clearly love Brian. I love Brian. You know, I had a lot to say about that. But again, I tweeted that about my article, gave a little speech about you know, why Dawkins means so much to me and, you know, 100 or 280 characters, whatever it is. B-Doc quotes retweeted and says, There are none that has, is, or will walk the face of the earth that is considered strong, that didn't start off at a place of weakness or lack, be it physically, mentally, spiritually, and in most cases, financially. Most choose the tough paths and grew stronger over time. Hashtag BBTB. Man, Brian Dawkins gave me direct, concrete life advice, mental health advice, words of wisdom, words of encouragement. What more could I ever ask for my favorite athlete ever? I was just so taken aback. It was what? This is 9.52 a.m. on Monday morning. And, you know, I'm going through the workday. I work from home, obviously, with everything going on. I just started crying. It was, you know, the same way. You know, a teenager saw the Beatles coming over and playing at Shea Stadium in 1962, 3, 4, whatever year that was, or them getting off the plane and people screaming and screaming and crying that they saw them or, you know, the way in the last 15 years people have done that with Justin Bieber or any of those similar artists. You know, I love Bruce Springsteen, but maybe I would do that. I think there's only two people that I would, you know, have a complete fanboy meltdown with, uh, with Bruce Springsteen. I'm literally looking at this. Uh, religious candle I have that's like a saint or Jesus and has Bruce Springsteen's face on it. So, you know, I'm a huge Bruce fan right next to my Wolverine Funko Pop that I frequently discuss. In the last couple of years, Dawkins has become 
more public about his mental health issues. To see someone who embodied toughness, competitiveness, masculinity, power, and the way that he did with his pregame speeches, his ferocious play, the way he crushed ball carriers all around the field, the way he flew from sideline to sideline, to see a person like that struggle with their own inner demons and not just push them down, but face them and then raise awareness to the struggle and make people know that it's okay if you're not feeling okay, to know that if you have a mental illness or your mental health isn't in the place you want it to be, you can get better. You can be stronger. If you have a mental illness, that doesn't mean you're weak in the slightest. But if you work at it, if you reach out to people, if you connect with the loved ones in your life, if you talk to Brian Dawkins on Twitter and he gives you words of encouragement, you can get through it. You know, that was just everything. I was I cried. I wrote this in my newsletter. If you guys don't subscribe, what are you doing? Patreon.com backslash Seamus underscore Clancy, $2 per month. You know, the, the spiel, spiel by now. Get 20 newsletters Monday through Friday, 20 newsletters per month, every one Monday through Friday, talking to the birds, doing a lot of Eagles draft stuff right now, uh, Sixers, Phillies, a little bit of Flyers usually. Anyway, I said that was the hardest I've cried since I watched Toy Story 3 last summer the first time to get ready for Toy Story 4. I was just so taken aback. You know, I wanted Dawkins to respond to this. He did, and he did it in such a way and with a such emotional power that I didn't expect. I thought maybe I'd get a quick emoji back or, you know, the fist pump emoji. That guy took some time to write something with strong emotional depth, something that I felt applied to me personally, even though it's, you know, a simple universal thought process. And he used strong in quotations, which I love because, you know, the idea of being strong in this world, in a macho world, in the world of football, means you're Brian Dawkins, you're this superhuman freak, you're Weapon X, you're Wolverine, you're going in berserker rage mode with your adamantium claws out. But there's different levels of being strong. You can be strong mentally. If you're struggling mentally and you keep going on and you're living your life and you're fighting and you're getting by and you're trying to get better, that means you're strong too. And I'll never have the physical strength that Brian Dawkins ever has or ever, I'm sure he could kick the crap out of me now, I'm sure. And even, uh, you know, how old is he in his, you know, early 40s, probably mid 40s to see a guy like that, who is a Hall of Famer, who discussed mental health in his Hall of Fame speech. What was that uh, in 2018, the fall or the, you know, August 2018 to see that guy open up and talk about things that are taboo that guys overall probably don't like to discuss or they're just not comfortable discussing, even though. People of all, you know, gender, sexual orientations, races go through these issues. Uh, it's heartwarming and it meant the world to me. And maybe I'll meet Dawkins one day. Who knows? Probably not. But, he, you know, I have a social media following. Maybe I run in him. Get him to come to an Eagles tailgate. You guys know I do those, you know, big tailgates in Judge a lot. And, you know, welcome all the BGN listeners and readers every week. You know, I don't know if he's a drinker or not. It doesn't matter. I'd love to you know, have him by whip him up a scrapple egg and cheese breakfast sandwich, show him how we do it in South Philly. You know, I'd love to meet the guy. And even though I haven't, maybe I never will. Uh, the fact with a simple tweet with a few hundred characters, not even words, this guy could touch me emotionally in such a deep, 
personal way is amazing. And that's, you know, the power of connectivity. That's the unity that the Eagles bring. That's a sense of community the Philadelphia Eagles have in the city of Philadelphia, that no matter what is going on in the world, that there is a gigantic pandemic that, you know, even at time previous to this, uh, you know, all the things wrong in our world and all the evil in there and all the struggles that people from all walks of life have, that the Eagles can be that unifying factor for everyone in this region, that sports can be this, you know, rejuvenating thing for communities and families and friend groups, that the Eagles can be this for me. And as I've talked frequently, even on, you know, this podcast, on I've written for this a couple of times for BGN over the years, talking about my mental health, whether it relates to, you know, some issues I had in college where I had to take, you know, a year and a half off and go back and, you know, was fighting my way back to getting my mental health in a strong place and use the Eagles and Carson Wentz's rookie year as a form of solace where I could escape, you know, the demons I had for three hours every Sunday or listen to, you know, podcasts like BGN or sports talk radio to get me through the workday, you know, working some crappy construction job as the worst construction worker in the history of labor. That now I can step back and say the Eagles had been this guiding light in my life and have always been uh, this presence for me that could connect me to, you know, all the people I grew up with. I may have gone to, a, I went to the University of Penn. I've talked about this a couple of times, I guess. I went to, you know, this college I had, you know, the wealthiest people in the world that I felt disconnected from, people from all walks of life, uh, all places around, not just the country, the globe, who, you know, may have, you know, he frankly looked down on me because, hey, this is a guy from South Philly. Oh, he's only in this school because he's from Philly. No, I was in the school because I'm a good writer, because I'm a good person. So I can speak well. You know, it worked out. I am, you know, some degree a professional writer. You know, I did do well in my classes there, you know, when I was attending classes and not, you know, extremely mentally unstable. But I'm getting to the point that, you know, despite whatever troubles I may have faced in my life, or, you know, maybe you have, and, you know, I've gotten so much feedback over the years about the way I talk about mental health related to sports or the Eagles. And people say, I, I empathize with that. I feel the same way. I'm glad I have, you know, those three hours on Sunday. That's what I talk about all the time. You get three hours, you know, every Sunday in the fall to just forget about whatever you're angry with in your life, whether it's your relationship, your job, family problems, money problems, your problems that day are, you know, Doug Peterson's play calling and, you know, whether the Eagles receivers are dropping easy passes and Nelson Aguilar's a problem and Jim Schwartz-Stevens is a problem. Now, those things frustrate me more than almost any of my real problems, but I know that I'm allowed to get that frustrated because, you know, it's meaningless and meaningful at the same time, sports. Sometimes you can so downtrodden worrying about money or uncertainty and with your job or your family that the Eagles can be that guiding life. And like right now, you know, things are, it's a dire situation. Well, people, thousands of people are dying. People are locked down. People are going stir crazy. People aren't able to see, I know I'm not really even able to see my, you know, my parents and, you know, I don't, I don't live at home, but, you know, I live in the same neighborhood that I grew up in, in South Philly. So I always see them and just not being able to, you know, see them in person. I FaceTime, it's, it's not the same. And the fact that, you know, I can write a newsletter every morning talking about who I think the Eagles should draft or goofy things about which NFL team is most likely to cheat during the NFL draft by hacking another team's database. You know, I could talk to my dad about that and say, hey, that was hilarious. Oh, oh I'll be cool if the Eagles, you know, traded off for Jerry Judy. And even though I'm not seeing my dad, even though I'm not seeing, you know, any of my friends, you know, Ryan Jones, Stephen Hardinger, Michael Leitner, these people I talk about, Big Mike on the podcast all the time. 
or in my writing, uh, the fact that I can still connect with them about the birds, uh, even though, you know, nothing is going right in the world right now is, you know, what I love about the football and what I love about the birds, it's more than just a touchdown. It's more than just, you know, cover two defenses and scheming things up and scheming receivers open and outside zone blocking. It's about people. It's about your connection, people about the sense of unity that was quite unique to the Eagles that they bring to this city. And chiefly among them, Brian Dawkins has been that shining light for me, you know, ever since I was, you know, seven, eight years old watching the birds for the first time during that magical beginning of the Andy Reid era. You know, even to this day, two decades later, uh, Dawkins is still that person for me. Seeing that tweet made me think that I was, you know, eight years old, opening up a present on Christmas Day and seeing that midnight green jersey. Which was, you know, a couple of sizes too big because I was a kid and that's how people stuff people wore stuff then, but what do you know? I'm wearing that Dawkins jersey right now. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. So on a slightly different note, um, other than consuming myself with the NFL draft, I haven't done this work on the NFL draft so intently before ever, just because the Eagles sometimes pick later or, you know, you guys know I, I blogged about the Sixers for years and because the team was so terrible, everyone was just focused on the draft and college players. So from like 2012 to, you know, 2017, I knew everything about any, uh, NBA draft prospect because I wanted the Sixers to get a star superstar to change the trajectory of the franchise that they were tanking going through the process. Because there's nothing going on in the NBA right now, MLB season might be in jeopardy that, you know, the Flyers and their magical late season run could be cut short and they won't even get that, you know, playoff appearance where they could have blown up and owned the city. We do have NFL free agency and we do have the NFL draft and that's all I can consume my time with right now. So I'm doing the lowdown. I'm doing the draft network. You know, shout out to Benjamin Solak, you know, doing mock draft after mock draft on there. I subscribe to their premium level. It's totally worth it. It's great. So I have that to hold down some time, but you know I can't do that all the time. I need to relax. I need to do something passive. I need to watch some TV. So I've been doing some stuff. I'm catching up on Westworld um, in the second season, the third season, currently airing on HBO. I have to catch up before the end of the year. Late at night, hanging out, relaxing, watching some Rick and Morty or Bob's Burgers. I like to do that. One thing I started this week, and it seems crazy that I've never seen it, given my personality and who I am and my interest is the Friday Night Lights TV show. And you're probably saying, shame. All you do all day is think about the Eagles in football. How in the world have you never seen the premier football television show of all time? And I think it's a situation similar to Game of Thrones, 
where I didn't start watching Game of Thrones live until the final season. Like I binged it all last January and February before the final season aired in the spring. And it was one of those things where it felt so on brand for me and I knew I would connect with it so deeply that I kept putting it off and off because I wanted the perfect, perfect opportunity and be in the right state of mind, the perfect place to watch that show. So last year I moved into a new apartment, got a new bigger TV with my girlfriend, Ashley, and we're like, let's do it. Let's crush some thrones. We watched, I remember one Sunday, we watched an entire season in one day. You know, I'm a bit, I'm a huge, as you guys might know, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, comic book movies. I'm all into that stuff. So right in my wheelhouse, right in my cue zone. Love Thrones, one of my favorite shows of all time. Last season, obviously a little uneven, but it was about the ride to me. Some of that stuff was just incredible. I'm currently reading through the original GRRM novels, which are absolutely incredible. But Friday Night Lights, that is like that for me too, where obviously a huge football fan, but I also love like teen dramas and dramedies and like rom-coms where, you know, one season I think might be my favorite season of television of all time. Season one of the OC, incredible stuff. Season three and four, complete trash. Never seen it, just watched the first two seasons. Ends on a cliffhanger in season two, but it's best left that way. So I'm all in for the teenage high school drama stuff. I guess I'm still a teenager inside to some degree. At 25, going on 26. But I'm really into that type of stuff and combining it with this, you know, Remember the Titans-esque football quality and football content. It's just incredible. I started watching it. I'm recording this on Wednesday afternoon, uh, April 8th. I started watching it Monday night. I've already nine nine episodes into the first season, nine seasons, and there are only five seasons. And it's incredible. I love it. It's already destined to be one of my favorite shows ever. Uh, Matt Saracen, I love him. I'm sure I'm years late on this comparison, but obviously there's kind of a Nick Foles allegory there between, you know, the stud quarterback Jason Street getting injured, Carson Wentz's injury, and now Matt Saracen through some rocky starts is likely going to lead, ideally, the Dylan Panthers to glory one day. Uh, One person I did not like, and he's obviously a a quote-unquote villain, is Voodoo Tatum. The person he reminds me most of in Eagles history is Jason Babin, this uber-talented, you know, assassin mercenary who only cares about himself, only cares about his own stats. Obviously, no one likes Voodoo. He stinks. Get him off the team. Matt Saracen, whose play style, he sucks pretty bad. And in my opinion, it'd be impossible for such a high-level Texas high school team to have a backup quarterback that bad when your starting quarterback is you know, the top player in the country, whatever Jason Street was put up to be. Matt Saracen reminds me play style of Luis Perez, if you remember him from the uh, AAU, who was on the Eagles training camp roster last year in the preseason. Yeah, Luis Perez was terrible, and Matt Saracen's pretty terrible, but he's a cool guy. I like him. Kind of looks like me in high school with the way he has, like, long sideburns and kind of a buzz cut. So I empathize with his struggle. The show's awesome. Coach Taylor, great guy. And the thing I loved about that was obviously they won first game of the season, season one. They won in dramatic fashion after Jason Street got hard. Saracen throws that crazy Doug Flutie-esque pass. And then they lose in game two. And the entire city or the town, that's not really a city, uh, hates him. And people are giving him crap. The diner, the gas station, all this stuff. And then they win the next week. And people are freaking out. They're shaking his hands. They're laying palms at his feet. It reminded me of, 
you know, this is supposed to be that small town football mentality, the way it is in Texas. People love high school football more than anything. It really reminded me of the Eagles. I think back to Doug Peterson and, you know, the 2017 season, the Eagles win their first game and then they look in Washington on the road. Then game two, they go on the road to Kansas City, lose to Andy Reid and the Chiefs. People were freaking out about Doug's play calling, freaking out, calling from his head. Already going back from the excitement of last week with how Carson Wentz played well in week one and defense played great. And people are already writing him off. And then week three, the Eagles have that dramatic victory with Jake Elliott's long field goal to beat the Giants. It was incredible. And then the Eagles were on a run from there and everyone loves Doug and Doug's a folk hero in Philadelphia history now. So as much as people are crazy about football, high school football in Texas, they are equally so, if not more so, in Philadelphia when it comes to our favorite team, our team, our great unifier, the Philadelphia Eagles. And this is it, me signing off, Seamus Clancy. Follow me on Twitter at Seamus underscore Clancy. Check out my subscription newsletter. Just try it for a month. It's two bucks. You lose that like gambling on Russian table tennis right now. Just give me the $2. Try it out. If you don't like it, unsubscribe. Just try it out. Good draft content, fun stuff going on. Ultimately, Go Birds from the Bleachers signing off. Go Birds, baby. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta.